everybody. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for today, June 29th, 2021. And uh, do me a favor, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Even if you think you're subscribed, could you just double check, do me a solid and double check, see if you're subscribed. A whole bunch of you uh, message us saying that even though you're subscribed, you did not see our Trump interview from last week in your feed. I'm shocked. I'm shocked and appalled that it wasn't in your feed. So uh, just double check and uh, it'll take you about a half a second. And I thank you, the team thanks you, and you will be doing your duty as a good American. Uh, Before we get to all the main stories today, I just wanna cover one thing really quick, 30 seconds here, uh, because this is breaking right now, so we'll cover it more tomorrow as more info comes in. But according to the breaking 911 Twitter account, this is just in, LA Public Health Department reinstates indoor mask mandate regardless of vaccination status due to Delta variant. CDC officials rethinking prevention measures even for the vaccinated. This is according to CNN. And I guess here we go again. What is old is new again, something like that. Like what? Show me some numbers. I know, Delta variant. We just started opening up. People started smiling again. We had a party here. People are out and about. Weather has been absolutely gorgeous in SoCal. Life is starting to get back to normal. So, of course, they come back with this. So, okay, guys, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'll try to believe you and trust you that something's going down here and you're just caring about our security and our safety because you're good people and you've proven it over the last year. You got to show me some numbers then. I want numbers. I want evidence. I want to see what this spike looks like. I want to see who it's affecting. I want to see what the symptoms are, ages, comorbidities, everything else. No more BS coming from Newsom or Garcetti or these ridiculous LA City Council people. No more of that nonsense. And then I also want some other info. Masks, do they work? Let's not forget uh, Lord Fauci uh, in his emails that were leaked. Uh, He had a friend who asked him about wearing masks while she was on vacation, her and her family, and he basically said they don't work if you're just buying masks at the store, which is pretty much what we're all doing. Uh, And then, of course, what this all leads to is, all right, if they're going to institute the indoor mask mandate again, I cannot believe this. I Deja vu all over again. Here we go. And, and it shouldn't surprise you. I mean, the thing is, as, as annoyed as I am right now, I'm actually not surprised because this is what these people do. The, the goalposts always move. They like power. They like taking power. Well, I'm not going to give it to you anymore, and I'm going to keep fighting it. But at the very least, you got to give me some of those data points that I just called to there. And of course, what this really is all about is that are they gonna lock us down again? Let's not forget, a few months back, Joe Biden said, if we were good little children, that, uh, well, he was reading it, he doesn't really say it, he mumbled through something, where he said, if we were good little kids, then maybe we could celebrate Independence Day outdoor in the backyard with our family. Well, people, about 350 million people all over America have been planning on doing just that, and I'm gonna be doing just that regardless. Uh, Let's just be very clear about that. Um, So, you know, are the lockdowns coming back? I mean, I cannot even believe we, we could be discussing this, and yet I do believe it. <laughs> so here we are. Ugh. We got a couple stories for you today. Speaking of unbelievable, it turns out that the government is 
likely spying on Tucker Carlson and has been going through his text messages. Uh, Tucker and I have texted before, so I'll, I'll drop some info on that. I want to get ahead of the story. Uh, that's number one. Then Jake Tapper, who was once a sane journalist. I believe he was the Washington correspondent for ABC News at one point. Then he shifted, what, about seven years ago or so to CNN and just really kind of just lost his mind and became a Democrat operative. And I hate to say it because I think he's probably a decent person. And the reason that Jake Tapper gets so much crap from people is because it's like, we all know that Stelter's a clown and Acosta's a clown and Cuomo's a, a fool. Like, we all know that. But Jake, you were supposed to be the chosen one. You were supposed to go to CNN and fix it. Well, post-Trump, nobody's watching anymore. His ratings are down 75%. We'll get into some numbers on that. Then number three, this story is actually kind of personal to me. Joy Behar on The View, and you should only watch The View if you're highly medicated, but Joy Behar on The View uh, basically, not, well, not basically, quite literally called my friend an actual journalist, a guy who I can say the word journalist without going like this. Uh, she called my friend Andy No uh, a right, I think a far right pundit was the exact words, a far right pundit. So we'll get into that because uh, I don't know any of Andy's uh, far-right positions. I've had him on the show many times. He's a centrist at his most extreme. Uh, and then finally, you know, we showed this video of bronze Al Gore yesterday just lying repeatedly about Trump and about conservatives and everything else. Well, we found more video. A whole bunch of you guys really like that clip of this guy. And we found more video where he's basically calling all of us the liars. So we're gonna re-show you the video from yesterday where he's lying, and then we're gonna show you the video where he calls all of us liars. Because, as I said on Fox News' Outnumbered this morning, uh, I quote the great Alexander Solzhenitsyn, often the author of the Gulag Archipelago, of course, uh, and the simple quote, and this is what they do with everything, they know they're lying, we know they're lying, they know we know they're lying, and they continue to lie. And that's what we all gotta fight. They talk about the big lie, well they are the big liars. Guys, before I get to any of that, uh, I am thrilled to welcome Raise American as a new sponsor to the show, a company who raises the bar for premier organic grass-fed beef from all over the country. For more than 15 years, Raise American has been honing its processes to provide lovers of beef the ultimate eating experience from the feed to the cattle to the steak. Raise American raises the standard of what, or American, of what American organic beef ought to be. And this right here, what you're looking at right now, a little B-roll for you, that is the prime rib that I barbecued on the grill just this past weekend, it was absolutely delicious. Had a bunch of people staying here for the big birthday weekend and everybody was very pleased. You know, uh, raised American cattle come from humanely treated animals reared on small, independent American farms. Farms run by family farmers and ranchers adhering to some of the strictest animal welfare and sustainable farming protocols. Healthy cattle make healthy beef and no one knows that better than the team at Raise American. Raise American focuses on sustainability, which is why they work closely with these family farms to raise grass-fed organic cattle, which spend most of their lives grazing on pastures in the fresh open air, grazing in a way that regenerates the, sto the soil instead of depleting it. Raise American is 100% organic, 100% grass-fed, 100% American. So go to raiseamerican.com right now to order and learn more. Good for you, good for our planet, good for America. And as I said the other day, you don't even need a code because they're only sponsoring this show and I just love that. So if you wanna support our sponsors and support American farmers and everything else, Raise American 
Com. All right, let's talk about this really bananas story. This is Tucker Carlson last night talking about how he has a whistleblower who is telling him that the NSA is spying on Tucker and potentially producers of his show. Let's take a look. Yesterday, we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. Now, that's a shocking claim, and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately, they do happen, and in this case, they did happen. The whistleblower, who is in a position to know, repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information, period. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. Okay, now we will obviously get some more information on this. We will see if the NSA actually comments on that. We'll see if Tucker's able to sit down with the whistleblower. I mean, Tucker is, is very good on many fronts, uh, but you know that Tucker doesn't just throw out a bomb like that and then just run from it, right? So my guess is they're gonna be talking to the whistleblower more. They're gonna be getting as much information as possible. They probably have screenshots of things and everything else. Now I should get ahead of part of this story, which is that in full disclosure, Tucker and I do text every now and again. And if the NSA is looking at Tucker Carlson's text messages, there probably is a text or two from me describing Brian Stelter's potato-like shape. So I don't know if that's a crime in any way, uh, but that probably does exist. And I just wanna put it out there, full disclosure, it's out there now. It's very possible that someone in the government <laughs> I mean, really think about what we're talking about here. Someone from the government's going, my God, have you seen these messages between Tucker and Ruben? They're, they're talking about Stelter's potato-like form. You know, it's, oh God. I mean, joking aside, this really is dangerous. I mean, this is really dangerous stuff, right? The idea that our government, right, our, the people that are supposed to keep us safe, that's all they're supposed to do, really, the government. You know, take care of the borders, make sure we're not killing each other, et cetera, et cetera. That they are now using the apparatus of the state to spy on people who they don't like their politics, right? Like, if you're spying on Tucker Carlson, if you've basically, in essence, he's saying they hacked into his phone, right? Because if you're going for his text messages and his emails, I mean, there's probably many backdoor ways they can do this. You don't necessarily have to hack in like a traditional sense, like however they're intercepting messages. Is he using encrypted messaging all the time? Are they the ones that, that are behind the encrypted messaging apps? I mean, who the hell knows what's going on here? The very idea though, that the United States government would be spying on private citizens, and by the way, Tucker Carlson is a private citizen, right? I mean, he's not a member of the government. He is someone that talks about politics for a living. He is allowed to share his opinion. He is allowed to interview people. He is allowed to share his thoughts, et cetera, et cetera, just as I am allowed to do that, just as you are allowed to do that. And you know, you don't have to love the government and you don't have to love the administration. And one of the interesting things about this is, doesn't this seem like the exact type of thing that they would have accused Trump of doing? That Trump was using the government to spy on people and take out his enemies and all those things, except none of that ever happened, did it? None of that ever happened, but I do have a decent memory, and you may remember back 
to uh, six, eight years ago. Remember that IRS scandal? Now, you wouldn't know about this IRS scandal if you read the New York Times or Washington Post or you watch CNN or MSNBC, but the IRS scandal was that the Obama administration was using the IRS under a woman named Lois Lerner to go after political opponents. So they were intentionally going after Tea Party organizations, and they went after many of them because they did not like their politics. So under a Democratic president, they were going after, you know, let's say right-leaning, libertarian, conservative nonprofits using the power of the state, the power of the IRS to go after them. And now we had four years of President Trump, a Republican, that didn't happen. And suddenly we've got a Democrat again, and now we're using our spy services basically to go after TV hosts. You see a problem here? You see a problem here? And this is also why whenever I bring up Tucker, because he's so on the front end of so much of this stuff, I always make a point of saying to you guys, you know, the reason they're always trying to cancel Tucker and take out Tucker and now spy on Tucker is not because of Tucker. It's not because of Tucker, that man, a guy who I happen to like. It's not about him. It's a signal to the rest of us. It's going, we can spy on him. We can get him canceled because we'll go after his sponsors and everything else. And if you think we can go after him, well then we can obviously go after you. So this is another one of those things where this is where we need bravery. We need bravery not only from Tucker and his, his staff and the people at Fox News that are gonna back him and they're gonna get their proper lawyers and everything else, but we need bravery from guys like me and people like you to stand up and say enough is enough. You cannot use the CIA, the NSA, et cetera, et cetera, to spy on ordinary Americans. Are we going to allow that? What kind of country are we gonna be? I guess that's really what this is about. You know, we've watched a lot of things in this country kind of falter, right? A lot of things don't seem like they're quite working right. I would say it's a uh, mild escalation if we're gonna say that the government is fully allowed to spy on people because it does not like what their politics are. So obviously there's gonna be more on this story. We will find out. And again, if you're, if you're uh, an NSA person and you're potentially watching this show, everything that I said about Stelter's potato-like form, these were jokes, these were not meant as threats. And I think if you review the tape, you will see that I was quite right about the potato thing. Uh, all right, let's go from one cable news station that uh, people are watching to one that people aren't watching. And of course I'm talking about uh, CNN because Jake Tapper's show is absolutely tanking. And you know, yesterday when I was talking about Stelter, I was making the point, and I've made this several times, this idea of do we have to talk about these people anymore? And I think it can be argued either way, whether we should talk about them or we shouldn't, right? Because it's like, on one hand, we should just ignore them, and if we just ignored them, maybe they would just go away because very few people are watching. And on the other hand, they have this very incestuous, I would say insidious relationship with all the websites and big tech, so it always seems that their influence is a lot bigger than it is, so we should call them out for the nonsense. So Jake Tapper, who really was a decent journalist, and I suspect is probably a decent guy, but you end up working at CNN, and you're, it's, it's like they give you a lobotomy once you're there. Uh, well, his show, uh, The Lead with Jake Tapper, it is just tanking in the ratings. We've got some quotes here from Fox News. CNN's The Lead with Jake Tapper has shed a staggering 75% of its audience since the liberal network experienced a January spike in viewers. Tapper's program averaged 2.8 million viewers in January, but 
settled for only 706,000 in the 4 p.m. Eastern time slot from May 31st through June 23rd, losing three quarters of its audience in the process. Tapper's second quarter viewership is down 49% compared to the first quarter. Tapper has also lost significant viewers among the key news demographics of adults 25 to 54, dropping 79% of January's audience during the first three weeks of June in his time slot. Tapper's show is down 47% in the second quarter compared to Q1 among the category most coveted by advertisers. In April, CNN awarded Tapper with an extra hour and expanded the show from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, but the move hasn't paid off in the ratings department for the struggling network. The lead averaged only uh, 799,000 viewers during the 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern window through June 23rd, while Fox News's The Five averaged 2.6 million during that same time slot. Uh, to beat Tapper by a whopping 229%. Okay, look, I, I don't want you to get completely lost in the numbers there, and ratings this and ratings that, and do Nielsen ratings even make sense anymore? Who's got the little Nielsen box in their television? Like, this isn't 1954. But there's a wider issue here, which is what are people paying attention to and why are they paying attention to it and when are they paying attention to it? So why were Rick, Jake Tapper's ratings really great in January? Let me think for a second. Guys, was there something happening in early January? Was there some sort of fraudulent second impeachment and a whole thing where there was a guy wearing horns in the Capitol and something, something, it was like an episode of The Simpsons? Yeah, these people need Donald Trump. Donald Trump became God to these people. He became the center of the universe to these people. And without Donald Trump, nobody wants to watch their drivel. Nobody wants to watch their Democrat propaganda. And Tapper is now suffering because of that. And the fact that they gave him an extra hour and that didn't help. And the funny thing is, well, you know, when I, in good times, when, when the country is open and I go around and I speak and I go to colleges, when I give talks, and I obviously talk about cable news a lot and censorship and all of these things, CNN is the punchline. I don't even need a joke. I just say CNN, the kids start laughing because it's so ridiculous to them. So this is really interesting. And if you wonder why suddenly people are starting to talk about Trump again, we're gonna get to bronze Al Gore in just a second. If you wonder why they're still talking about Trump and why they can't let the insurrection that nobody brought a gun to, that was over in an hour, why they can't let it go, it's because of Orange Man. They need him. If this was Brokeback Mountain, that would be Jake Gyllenhaal saying to, uh, what's his name, who was the Joker in uh, Heath Ledger, saying to Heath Ledger, I can't quit you. I think he said it to him. Who said I can't quit you to the other? Who said it? I think it was Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal said to Heath Ledger, I wish, or I wish I could quit you or something like that. He wanted to quit him. You know what I mean? It wasn't easy to be gay back in the mountains that back then, okay? And that's, what the, that's the relationship that these people have with Donald Trump. They wish they could quit him, but they can't quit him because they love him and they need him and they want to sleep with him. All right, let's move on. Uh, Joy Behar, speaking of ridiculous people on television, there's a real theme to the show today. Joy Behar, and first off, Joy, if you're watching this, I used to love you, I really did. Joy was a decent liberal, she was very funny. If you watch, I mean, not that I would recommend anyone ever watch The View or go back and watch old episodes, but if you remember that first season when Rosie O'Donnell was on The View, this is Gosh, this is back, how many years ago? What year was the first year that Rosie O'Donnell was on The View? This is over 10 years ago at this point, probably like 12 years ago or so. When Rosie 
was the was the moderator, and Joy was just a panelist. I used to watch The View all the time, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck was on there. She was the conservative at the time, and it was just it really was a good show. It was it was people talking about politics that disagreed, but they respected each other. It was decent. Wow, 2006, O'Donnell replaced Meredith Vieira. So, geez, 15 years ago was the season I'm talking about. It really was a good show, and they were they were talking about uh, you know the Obama movement, which was sort of just starting, and they were talking about the Iraq war and all of these things that were important and relevant and everything else, okay? And then they would do a segment on like how to clean your house or something, then I would tune out. But the Hot Topics thing was actually pretty good. And Joy was decent, and I used to live a block or two away from Joy in New York City. I used to bump into her and her husband on the street. We'd talk about comedy. I've interviewed her a couple times on my old Sirius XM show and on some red carpets and things. And she was a decent liberal. But something has happened to the decent liberals, and almost all of them have gone completely off the deep end and just freaking lost their minds. Again, because Trump just broke these people. And I would say if you're a decent liberal who's not insane at this point, you're a conservative. In any event, Joy was on The View yesterday, and listen to what she said about my friend and journalist, true journalist, who's been on the front lines uncovering what Antifa is doing in our cities. Andy No, let's take a look. The banjo player from the group Mumford & Sons, Winston Marshall, announced that he's leaving the band after getting blowback for praising a far right-wing pundit's book about Antifa. In a post on Medium, Marshall claims he doesn't want his views to bring down his bandmates. So leaving is the only way he can speak freely? Yeah, I've been following this for a while when he first tweeted about Andy Ngo and even the way Andy Ngo is introduced like on this show that he's a right wing crazy person. I don't know where that came from. He's actually a very brave journalist that I believe is in the hospital right now. And he has been reporting the only person that's been reporting about Antifa in Portland for the past two years. And I, you know, Antifa is so bad over there. The National Guard was sent in to try and help keep Portland under control. They had an autonomous zone where people were getting killed and raped and it had to be disbanded. Like he's just reporting. And it's very strange to me that he's been turned into someone that could make someone in Mumford and Sons leave the band. He his statement is really fascinating. And I thought it was really well done. He was saying just because you're calling out hypocrisy on the left doesn't make you a you know right wing extremist as well. Okay, so obviously well said, Megan McCain right there. It's nice to see someone actually defending something close to honesty and truth and everything else. Um, I don't know that Andy Noe is in the hospital right now, but I will tell you this, he was invited to my birthday party this weekend and I was actually willing to fly him out here, um, but he wanted to rest up because he does have injuries related to some of his reporting and what Antifa is doing to him, okay? That is a fact, that is out of his mouth, okay? The idea that Joy Behar would call him a far right wing pundit. Now, far right wing pundit, when you say far right wing pundit, what, what is that implication? The implication is racist, right? Like number one, it's racist. It's usually homophobic. Now, Andy happens to be gay, but I guess you could be a gay homophobe these days if you're, if you're not a leftist. Um, it's that you are against the other, right? You're prejudiced. I, I don't even know. It doesn't really mean anything at this point. It just, in essence, what Joy Behar is saying is evil, right? She's saying evil person Andy No. Now, Andy No has been under attack, physical assault, and has been violently attacked by people many, many times. Joy Behar doesn't seem to care about that. Now, I'll give Joy the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt would be that Joy Behar doesn't know what she's talking about, and she's just reading a script that they put in front of her, right? She was obviously reading off a teleprompter for that intro. So, Joy, 
I will go out of my way here to give you the benefit of the doubt and perhaps you will apologize for reading the lies that your producer put in front of you. That will be uh, what I will do for you here, Joy, in, in the name of the fact that you were once a decent liberal. But this is, this is absolutely disgusting. Now, it would be far more fair for me to say that Joy Behar is a far left lunatic. She is a far lefty. She wants the government to do absolutely everything. She thinks that everyone who is against her is a bigot and a racist and a homophobe. And I would also argue that at that point, once you've accepted those things, you're pretty much a lunatic, okay? And you can get Joy to take almost any position on anything depending on what Trump believes. So you may remember back a few months ago, I think we covered it, when, uh, who, who is the, the the white supremacist, who's the leader of the alt-right. Remember that guy, Richard Spencer? Remember that guy, Richard Spencer? I can't even remember his name because these people are irrelevant. But at one point during the, the presidential campaign, Richard Spencer said he was no longer gonna support Donald Trump and Joy Behar brought that up on The View and the audience applauded. So they were applauding. Joy was instigating the audience to applaud for the white supremacists because at least the white supremacist is against Trump. These people are all completely bananas. They're a combination of like compulsive chronic liars and just off the rockers, bananas, nuts. That really is it. Uh, but if you don't even believe any of that, I, I do wanna just say on a personal note that Andy No is one of the most decent people that I know. Like this is the most soft-spoken, um, you know, just decent people. I met Andy No for the first time when I was on tour with Jordan Peterson. We had communicated a little bit uh, over Twitter throughout the years, but I met him at a Jordan Peterson show in Portland, right? And Portland was, was pretty disastrous at the time, and we had a bunch of protests outside and everything else. And I was actually taken back about how quiet and soft-spoken everything was. Now, I've had him on the show a bunch of times. I'm gonna just throw you just a quick 40-second clip because actually Andy had uh, subsequently invited me to an event up at Portland State Oh no, you know, he didn't invite me there. He was covering the event that I was invited to by Peter Bogosian. And it was like, it was protested of course by Antifa and all the usual suspects. And it's like, you tell me, watch this just 40 second clip. And you tell me, is, is this the far right wing pundit? You tell me. Andy No, my friend, welcome back to the Rubin Report. Thank you, Dave. It's so nice to be speaking with you again. Well, Last time uh, we met in studio was shortly after I was beaten. You were, you were just a scrappy kid trying to do journalism. Yeah, that's right, Dave. Actually, I was part of the student group that uh, organized the event that invited you. So just uh, four years ago, I was just a student journalist, uh, part of the free expression group uh, at university who was a fan of yours. And, you know, it's been such a um, privilege to, to not just become better friends with you over the years but then like to to rise up in our in our um careers and our work because it's really linked yeah 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 kind of hitlery right joy i mean just absolutely ridiculous if you want to know more about andy and and just hear some more of that discussion we're going to link to that in the youtube description below so you can take a look and you decide for yourself i mean the simple fact is joy and and this is if we had a media that was decent um, that this is what they would do. They would say, okay, Joy Behar, you just accused Andy No of being a far right wing pundit. Now you have to tell us some of his far right positions. What is his position say on immigration that would make him far right? Or his position on literally anything that would, whatever that means to you, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just a signal to the base. Bad man, 
bad, bad man. Ugh, joy. It's just, it, you know, it's kind of depressing when, you, you, when you're old enough to know that you're, the people that you used to really respect, when you, when you watch them just go off the deep end, it's, it's like, ah, you don't want to say anything about it on one hand. I saw the story this morning, I was like, I don't feel like talking about joy. But it's like, somebody has to defend the honor of decent people. I guess that's really what it is. Uh, so Al Gore, I can't make a segue from decent people to Al Gore, so I just, just went over it. Uh, Al Gore, we played this video of Al Gore yesterday, standing in a black room with a, with a space horizon behind him because he thinks he's someone important, even though he isn't. Um, he, who once, by the way, as I said yesterday, uh, sold his failed TV network literally failed TV network that no one wanted any of the properties on the TV network, no one wanted the host, no one wanted the shows, no one wanted anything to do with it, but he used his political power as VP to get a cable channel, which is very hard to get. Uh, he created a failure of a network, then he sold it to Qatar for $500 million. Uh, that Al Gore, Mr. Al Gore, I fly in private planes while I'm telling you all how to behave related to environment and recycling and everything else. Well, we played some video of him yesterday just blatantly lying about Trump, about conservatives, about the, the media, just like everything. Well, then more video popped up today where he's claiming that we're the liars. Let's take a look at overly tanned, bizarrely orange, kind of bronze, and I wonder if that's spray-on, because that's probably not good for the environment, Al Gore. We keep getting this nonsense, like this uh, foolish uh, exercise to, to, to bring in some uh, uh, cyber ninja group in Arizona to look for bamboo in the uh, ballots there. It's, it's absolutely nuts. We hear about AI, uh, standing for artificial intelligence, they're putting another kind of AI out, artificial insanity. They're putting out messages that create an alternate reality, and people get into these uh, uh, echo chambers on the internet, and it's all they hear, and they begin to believe the alternate reality. We've got to follow the rule of reason and honor American democracy and acknowledge the will of the American people. They spoke loudly and clearly. Oh, Al, with your extremely bizarre color and your really bizarre, that cyber ninjas with the bamboo. I don't like this guy. I don't like him. I don't like any of these people. I think that's fairly obvious. Um, but you see what he's trying to do there. He's trying to basically say, it's not just about Trump. It's basically anyone who doesn't agree with me is somehow, he's saying, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist. You've gone down this path. You've created your echo chambers as if this guy doesn't live in an echo chamber. Like it's just endless. But, and it, oh, he's talking about artificial insanity. He's talking about the artificial insanity of the people who don't believe what he believes. Now I want you to, I'm gonna throw you the video that we showed yesterday of Al Gore. And you tell me who's suffering from artificial insanity. I would say, please do the right thing. Acknowledge reality. Stop hurting this country. Stop undermining democracy. Honor the great and honorable traditions of the United States of America. This cannot go on the way it is. Now, I will, I will point out, Pamela, that it's kind of a sideshow, uh, and people are turning off to it now. I really think they're beginning to. And Joe Biden's popularity continues to rise. Look at what he's done in controlling the pandemic. Look at what he's done in facilitating the incredible economic resurgence with a very strong climate plan, uh, going overseas and really bringing the respect for the United States back up again after it sunk to a historic low during the 
previous uh, four years for reasons we all understand. Core, I had to do a lot of scribbling during that, even though I covered this yesterday, because you're claiming that a bunch of other people live in an artificial reality, right? Some, some sort of conspiracy nonsense world. How many things did you just say that, that are completely nonsense? Uh, well, first off, he claimed that Trump is undermining democracy. Now, that could be debated related to the uh, to the election results and all that. I don't want to be kicked off YouTube just for expressing an opinion while breathing in between words. Uh, but I'm fairly certain that there was a whole bunch of people that were screaming that Trump was an illegitimate president and something about Russia, Russia, Russia. Remember that? Donald Trump Jr. had lunch with a Ukrainian on the Upper East Side and my God, something about that. Then he claims that Joe Biden's popularity is rising. I have yet to see any evidence of that. I see a lot of people that voted for Biden that can't believe how bad it is. Uh, then he claims how great Biden did with the pandemic. Uh, do you guys remember about 25 minutes ago? The Delta variant is here. Everyone's dying. I blame Biden. Uh, then he talks about the economic resurgence. Have you guys seen it? I haven't seen the economic resurgence. W what are you talking about? Yeah, you guys are printing an awful lot of money, but I haven't seen the economic resurgence. Economic resurgence would be tons of small businesses going back into business and hiring people, but you guys just print money and you keep people working from home. Uh, not, not even working from home. You keep people on unemployment, not working from home, I should say. Uh, then he says, about Biden and climate. I mean, it's just irrelevant to talk about that at this point. Like, what what has Joe Biden done for the environment? Yeah, we've signed some papers and we feel good about paper. I like the environment and I wrote it on a piece of paper. Uh, and then that, you know, that other countries like us more now. That was the big one. I mean, complete nonsense also. They don't respect us as much. They know they can walk all over us. They know they can say whatever they want. You've seen the videos of the, of the Chinese politicians basically mocking our Secretary of State and the series of other things. Does anyone think that the United States backs its own word at this point? Does anyone think that Joe Biden is in charge? You saw the videos from G7, Biden fumbling around like he's at Shady Pines. I mean, lordy, lordy. Anyway, Al Gore, not a good man. My name is Dave Rubin, and uh, this morning on the Rubin Report YouTube program, uh, we posted uh, part one of my interview with Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. Actually, if you want to see a politician that is a competent executive that is doing what he should do, that loves his city, that wants to free people, and that wants an economy that is booming, and doesn't want to make every decision for people and everything else. Uh, we did the interview on location uh, in Miami. It's a really, really interesting interview. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, part one of that is on YouTube right now. Of course, the full is up already, completely ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, and then, uh, oh, this Friday, we're not doing a roundtable this Friday. I'm giving my guys the day off uh, so that we can have a nice uh, 4th of July weekend. And I hope you guys will have a great 4th of July weekend too. But of course, we'll be back in studio tomorrow. I think that's it. This was a full, dense show. I think you know my feelings about Joy Behar. I think you know my feelings about Jake Tapper. I think you know my feelings about Al Gore. And how you feel about them is up to you. That's it. See you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you wanna connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.